Hey, how you doing, that big guy? You holding up all right? You want a soda? Hmm? Episode 158. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. For best performance, use an HDMI cable. And welcome to Cable Talk, where we talk about cables for your electronics. Dude, you need a cable? Yeah. You need a cable? Dude, I got some right here. So we got... we I'm got Right here in my white suit. <laughs> um, you, what kind of cable? You need, you need some unbalanced? <laughs> I got some unbalanced cables. Hey, we, we got we got a caller here uh-huh. from um, from Minnesota. You're on the air. Tony. Tony, what's going on? Well, I have a question about uh, HDMI cables. Yeah, let's yeah, hear Go it. ahead, Carla. Um, uh, should I... Uh, would I be able to... Uh, do you think the... They're strong enough to hold a cat hanging from a tree. You know what? We'll have to experiment with that. We'll get back to you next week on that. We're going to experiment with that. Don't right. use the value cables for that. The, cat <laughs> can, the cable cables. fails, the cat falls, so should I and use, you're back to square one. Should I use the, uh, uh, what was that one called? The one with the big red letters? <laughs> ultra? Ultra? Yeah, use Ultra. Ultra Mega Cable? Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right. That's, Good a, luck. that's cable talk. Good luck. Sorry about the cat. You're okay. I don't think advance. this new format for the show is working out. This new segment. We just took one talk. call. We're yeah. sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. God, that didn't last long. You're right. No, it didn't. Okay. I, mean, I can't believe that the phone company cut us off. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I mean, it's like the. It's like we're on a no-fly list only for podcasting. <laughs> We don't want your types oh, here. We're just not that good. Yeah, most people, uh, most people like listening to the show, but don't want us living in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Trust me. Oh, and the is don't live according to. No, Somebody asked for work. that recently. Yeah, that, you were dusting was. off an old chest. Frank's really yeah. the one who needs to fill those gaps in. Somebody the singing. Yeah, because that's my bit. I do the singing. That's what I'm you talking try about. It? Can you Frank's do it off the top of your head? Frank's yeah. the music yeah. man. Hang on. Okay. Hit the wrong thing. Dang it. Where to go? Oh, Here it is. Goodness. Don't do a show devoted to cables. According to Jim. So you started way too oh, early with that. But you saw how I kind of flowed with it. That's what us natural singers do. You okay. kept, yeah, you, you sustained the note well. Yeah. yeah. God, I'm such a good singer. I'm How'd, you so audio good. Of, How'd you do on American Idol, by the way? I have way? some Terrible. audio of, I did of Frank's, Frank's audition. Really? On American Idol? Yeah. Genius. Here he goes. <laughs> and you wondered why Simon was making googly eyes at I know. you. I think he really kind of yeah. So he was probably wondering. <laughs> I was pretty. I'm pretty good, huh? You're wondering who is, all about is this it. guy? I'm only gonna tell you one time. Ah, yeah. Yes, I am. That's pretty good, Frank. Frank that like was it. truly awful. Thank you. No, you should be a best, Simon. I am the best. 
And where's I, Paula? I haven't heard hands singing. on the ground. Hands <laughs> on the ground. That guy still kills me. You know, he was way too old to be a contestant. I'm 52 years old. <laughs> I am. Okay, I, I just, just I recently heard this song just about a week ago, line. but but so he's the he's the next big thing right now, the next comic Guy. thing from the, American yeah, Idol. He's the next yeah. William Hun, okay? Yeah. General, a, he was a general and some. He's an older. He's a grizzled veteran. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's been, I'm sixty-two years old. <laughs> sixty-two. What? Yeah. He when the, he goes. Yeah. Simon's like, there's one problem. You're how old are you? He's, I'm sixty-two years old. Sixty-two. He goes. You're a bit over the age limit of twenty-eight. Yes. And the guy's looking at him like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. I'm yeah. on TV now, brother. <laughs> I don't care. So clearly, this guy is going to be uh, pants on the ground, pants, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground, with your bowl in your mouth, hat turned sideways, pants hit the ground. <laughs> Call yourself a cool cat, looking like a fool, walking downtown with your pants on the ground. Get it up. So he's talking about droopy drawers, right? He's talking about guys that. Their pants are hanging around yeah, there. Nice. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. I think it's awesome. I've I think it's great. Anybody do and that. every time I see a guy walking down the street or in the mall or grocery store, I start thinking, pants on the ground, <laughs> pants on. The, I'm like, I have a I have a friend that um, they they play this game, and whenever they see, they get points for how low the guy's pants are. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, the, 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 there's there's like you know under the butt, mid thigh, and knee. And, you wow. know, you get points for, you know, first you have to identify him and then you, you have to call it and then you get the points. It's like slug bug. Yeah, it's like slug bug. Nice. How do they stay up? Seriously. I don't know, but I always wanted to chase one of them. I think they, <laughs> they walk with a very odd cadence. I think they walk with their, like, their legs. You have to kind of pigeon toe it, don't you? Like with tripod your... it out. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, so they, I mean, they you basically hang have, on the hips there. You walk around like you're desperately trying to snow plow your way to a stop on a ski slope. Yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah. That's how it goes. What's this? Episode 158 is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. What's well, nice of DCBService.com. Oh, yeah. You guys know what that is, right? It's your mail order service to get your comic books delivered directly to your door. It's a smooth I don't know that music. Whichever delivery. door you, you music choose. makes me feel good. It does. I feel like cutting and scratching. Hang oh, on. Hang on, let me. Yeah. Hang on, I think I'm going to do that right now. Here we go. I was just doing that on the fly. All right. That's pretty good, Brad. Nice. Uh, you can get it's not 40. easy to do that with the, uh, the, the Wii uh, scratch table. <laughs> you know, I so want that uh, DJ Hero. It's not even funny, but I'll talk about that later. Uh, that looks 40% off wicked. most of your books, Marvel and DC, through Discount Comic Book Service. Get them delivered monthly, every other week, every week if you want. Every week's a good idea. Out of previews, they've got monthly specials whenever they put their solicits up. Uh, Ultimate Comics, new Ultimates, number one. Oh, really? Yeah, from the new uh, Ultimate line that they're doing. And I love that, but I don't get the difference between that and Ultimate Avengers, because I thought that was pretty much it. I don't know. You have to get it and find out. It's 75% off. You can find out for a dollar. Ooh. And then Mark Millar and and Steve McNiven, they're the the Civil War team. They are the uh, Old Man Logan team. They've got a new book coming Ah. out called Nemesis. And is that an Ultimate Universe thingy? No, no. This is like a, you know, they had their kick-ass. Yeah, okay. Mark Miller wrote that, and now he's got this new story he's doing with Steve McNiven. Um, It says, what if the smartest, toughest costume badass in the world was totally evil? Meet Nemesis. 
He's systematically been destroying the lives of every police chief in Asia, and now he's set his sights on Washington, D.C. Wow. It's like, kind of like yeah. Batman. What I've heard is like if Batman kind of red was like, evil, nice. this is what Nemesis would be about. Anyway, you can order that for 74 cents, 75% off. DCBService.com. Really? Yep. That's pretty awesome. I know it. Tell me about it. Makes you want to go there and purchase the products. You letting the door the dog out? Well, I thought the dog wanted to go the doggy out. Doggy door. You want to go, go out, puppy? Earlier, this dog was outside, right? And Frank uh, opened the glass yeah. like three inches. Uh, the the window. Uh, we're we're in Bill's garden room. This Our is dogs. where we record the show. Show and so there's these windows just right outside the patio. Anyway, go on, bro. And it was like six inches. Uh, Frank opened the door. Yeah. The the window, and this dog here. What's the brown ones? Huh? Is that? Uh, is that Kaya? Oh, that's Kaya. Kaya Hi, couldn't Kaya. get in. Kaya was like this. Yeah. I wanted to get in and, and couldn't go any farther than that. Now it's a free-for-all. It's a dog free-for-all. It's, it's like, nice weather today. It's like a doggy door without the door. Yeah. I'm going to need to it's, put my it's sweatshirt like, back on. It's like taking a... I'll close the window and no, as soon as someone makes up... Makes, make up your mind, yeah. dog. It's like, lane. Take, it's like taking a frying pan and just beating a hole in your, inside of your house. Again, with the frying pan references. House, with the frying pan. You had like five frying pan references in that road trip episode. It was, on, Frank. It was all on purpose. It was, it was all calculated. Most people don't know. Uh, Frank didn't want me to tell this. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, Frank uh, didn't want me to spill this, but I'm going to go ahead anyway because it's the way I roll. Um, that entire, uh, the entire episode, uh, not one word of it was true. It was 100% scripted. Yeah. That was 100% written. We, we spent, uh, yeah, we spent a, a couple days uh, writing that episode. And then uh, basically what you're getting was a uh, Reader's Theater performance. <laughs> so, it was pretty awesome. In yeah. fact, this right now... Most people can't tell. It's also scripted. In fact, that's what it says in the script that I'm supposed to say what I just said. And that and then I'm supposed to stutter and ramble mm-hmm. um, and stammer a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. That was actually screen direction. That wasn't script. Uh, I'm, you I'm screwed it up columns, now. I'm getting the columns mixed up. Hey, Zoe. Luckily, that was scripted. Zoe. And that, and that. Bring, that, bring that in here. And that. Oh wait, we have some exciting news tell about the, tell little the, Zoe. Tell the wow! Pod, use your dad's microphone there and uh, tell tell them what you're holding in your hand. I'm hold, holding a eight foot high first place trophy that I yeah. won. Yay! Yesterday. Yes. For what? What did you get first place in? Um, k- sparring. Sparring k- karate like verbally. Like um, oh no, you're a loser. <laughs> like verbal yeah. sparring or karate? Mm-hmm. Karate awesome. sparring. And I understand that you beat up a little boy. Uh-huh. A year older <laughs> than you. Zero to 14. All right, Zoe. So you got 14 hits in and he got zero? Yep. Did I you thought... find him in the corner later kind of rocking back and forth and talking to himself, crying? No. <laughs> I'm truly here. You can stay here um, while well, I'll share it with you. But uh, I, I've never seen this before. Um, most uh, most of those sparring matches, uh, it's supposed to be two one-minute rounds. Uh-huh. And those kids, if you're, if you've ever been in a boxing ring or anything, you realize that um, you know how those those guys in the boxing ring, and this might be uh, MMA also, uh, any of those uh, combat type things, but. It takes about ten seconds for your arms to feel like lead weights. Really, and you've got to go another, you know, two three minutes. I mean, that's why the, those boxing matches where they're you know twelve, fifteen, three minute rounds, uh-huh. you cannot imagine 
how exhausted you are after just 20 or 30 seconds. You know, I would have never thought about that. I'm serious. I'm totally serious. Um, um, so typically all these matches are going to be two minutes long, two one-minute chunks. Um, Zoe, uh, she basically uh, uh, run-ruled this poor kid. Uh, they didn't even have a second round. He, she got up to really? she got up to fourteen zero. I mean he, and I've never seen this either. And it's not like I've spent my entire life at, at, at karate exhibitions, you know, tournaments, whatever. But she didn't. I mean, that kid didn't come close to touching her. It, it was amazing. And uh, you know, it's not always going to be like that. Uh, Zoe, we were at her first uh, tournament uh, a few months ago. And she faced off against a kid that was a year older than her and was just physically imposing, you know, even compared to Zoe. I mean, this kid was looking down at Zoe. And most of these matches end with scores like 10 to 6, 11 to 8, 9 to 7, stuff like that. Zoe's match was 24 to 17. It was like a Rocky match. That's awesome. So little defense, so many haymakers. You know, it's just, it's amazing. And Zoe just, she doesn't retreat. You know, it's no, just, when, she's like a marine. When when Frank and I were over there watching last week, yeah, yeah last week we had uh, we had a mini summit, uh-huh. and then we uh, we decided to watch Zoe do some sparring, and a whole bunch of people in this class. They're usually, from our our understanding, was it's usually a very stoic crowd. They're very quiet. They're very serious in it, and we go in there and we just like whoa. We're running around the place. We're we're you know picking up strange kids and we're tossing catch them around. With sage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go long, Frank. At one point, I told I I pulled a five dollar bill out of my pocket and I go, Sage, go get that, go get me a beer. Yeah. And he takes the money and he walks straight to the door <laughs> and he tries to get out. And all these parents are yeah, like I, looking I, at him and then they turn and look at Frank like, "Are you serious? Who are these people you know that have never been here before? Look, they'll either sell it to him or they won't. And they yeah. won't stop talking. Yeah. It was pretty funny. So Zoe, get that, him a beer. Zoe, that. That trophy is taller than I am. That's amazing. You yeah. should be very proud of that. <laughs> that trophy, that trophy is, is literally like six and a half uh, feet tall. It's pretty Ish. awesome. Where are you going to put that trophy? We're still trying to figure that out. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was really incredible. This was an international karate tournament. Uh, the, uh, our uh, sensei, Master Sam, uh, here at uh, Eagle Martial Arts, he uh, in West Plano. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for the rest of that plug. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have a phone number for you, but I can get one by the end of the episode. Um, he he's uh, a truly, truly a, a, a delight to have as a sensei. He's he uh, he could seem kind of tough. He could seem kind of brusque at times, but uh, he is so protective of those kids, and he will you know he will fight like a tiger, <laughs> like a toy tiger. It's amazing. Um, so, so they get karate uh, is not for everyone. <laughs> but this thing was an international karate competition. It was down in uh, Austin, and uh, there were people there. Uh, have we mentioned this yet? There were people there from Pakistan. Yes, your people were there from the other side of the planet for this thing. That's amazing. I was complaining about having to drive three hours to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? I would complain too. Yeah. That's, that's just how I am. <laughs> You know, I compl- I complain that my you know where's that intern with my latte? One, <laughs> we don't have an intern. Oh. Two, <laughs> air gap in your logic there. Yeah. Huh? Step one, get an intern. Yeah, I know. Can we please get an intern so we can get my latte? It's like who I don't know who's going to get my latte for me if we don't have an intern. No, it was uh, it was crazy, and uh, um, Zoe and her little buddy uh, Farah. 
were the uh, were the two uh, eagle martial artists who uh, came home with the big prize. Oh, she should be so proud. It was really cool, man. The uh, the the ceremony, the actual uh, the actual <laughs> meddling ceremony uh, was uh, was interesting because it was very low key. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had this. Uh, we're in this big gymnasium type thing that was basically big enough for two full length basketball courts next to each other. Okay, and they had. Uh, uh, bleachers on uh, one wall and then uh, temporary bleachers set up in the middle facing. Uh, so you basically had one half of the uh, area kind of uh, cordoned off. And then behind the temporary bleachers, you had about two-thirds of a basketball court uh, area. And people were just kind of warming up and, and this and that. They had a little little thing for uh, – <laughs> Do you, you don't have China Girl by David Bowie, do you? I, I was listening to that song just it. the other day. Sweet. I'll find it, but this is appropriate at the moment, even though it's not kung fu. <laughs> well, it was karate. It was karate, which is now, this uh, is actually awesome. the song I want played when I walk down the aisle when I get married. Excellent. You should have plenty of time to get the rights for that. Oh, <laughs> low blow! The blow is so low. I was going to marry Frank, but we found out that'd be big of me. So <laughs> it would be big so of you. Forget it. It's not going to happen. It's off the table. I heard China Girl just the other I was listening to China Girl just the other day by David Bowie. Oh, I mean, that's just such a mouth. There we go. So, yes, uh, dunk, dunk. it was pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, just to see Zoe out there. To the Chinese buffet. <laughs> Little Chinese buffet. Oh, 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 oh. Gonna get me some egg rolls. She's sitting in the. And the lazy boy holding, <laughs> yeah, she's cradling holding, her holding the trophy. That trophy is about twice as tall as she is. Yes, it, it is. It is. <laughs> it is right at about my height, and I'm six two. All seriousness, all <laughs> kidding aside, all seriousness is no. All kidding aside, uh, she was very impressive when we saw her uh, last week. Yeah, at the sparring thing, it was very neat. Well, at being seven, you know, her technique is not terribly polished, but she makes up for it with this this eye of tiger that uh not and i'm not talking about the golfer uh jeez i hope not uh, but uh yeah she uh it's it's no retreat no surrender you know it, it's uh it's borderline separate with her <laughs> that's how i ask a girl out too no retreat no surrender you just go you go you keep going you keep going what do you mean you're married just how can you be no we need to go out what do you mean no what do you mean you're in a committed relationship no we got to go let's go come on let's go out Get a divorce. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> Is it too late to annul it? Let's go. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that uh, that should have been the soundtrack. It was uh, it was very impressive. But to uh, she is just pushing this kid off the mat, and he's just barely defending himself. Uh, I mean, he tried. That's the thing that was so impressive was he was trying. It just wasn't happening for him that day. And you know, you kind of wonder. You know, was he just was he that outmatched? Because uh, because one thing you run into at these matches is uh, you guys familiar with the concept of sandbagging? No, you get this in any sport. Uh, this is a family show. Sandbagging, sir. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you My get bad. this in any sport where you have uh, handicaps, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran into this uh, handy capable uh, bill. My buddy, uh, yeah, my buddy uh, whoa, 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 uh, Bill whoa, whoa, Bill whoa, D and I. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Took part in a number of uh, doubles tournaments, uh, national doubles tournaments uh, for disc golf down down at Round Rock, down in Austin. Uh, oddly enough, uh, back in the late nineties, and uh, you would find that you would you would basically tell them, oh, "I'm a, we're rank amateurs, we're intermediate, we're advanced, we're." 
pro, we're scratch golfers, whatever. And uh, you would find people sandbagging. Basically, they'll say that they're amateurs, but they're clearly far better than a typical amateur golfer. Disc I've golfer never heard would that be. term. So sandbagging. Yes, I'm and so basically, you kind of like a card shark. Well, pool shark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, uh, yeah. That's a decent uh, metaphor where you come and go. Oh, I'm not real good, and then you end up uh, you know cleaning the table, you know, off the break. Yeah, um, and so uh, at this uh, this. At this last tournament oh, we were here at we go. Here's a few months term. ago, Urban Dictionary. Uh, in golf, a player who is said to be sandbagging when he deliberately plays poor until he establishes a handicap, then increases his money bet on his play using established handicaps to win money from his opponent. Wow. It's just the way that you use it. No? Okay. All right. It's worth trying. Yeah, you know, just I was trying to you know, add a little content to the show because I really don't have much right now. I just I guess it worked out. It sounds like I'm crying. My nose is so stopped up right now. But that dang Benadryl was just uh, I can't really think. It's just not easy to do my job. And you know, if the Benadryl was just working and my nose is open, I could feel back of my head be okay. But. It's just one of those things where I just I keep going and you just push forward and and no, I'm not crying. It's not. It's not it. It's just you know my voice is wavering a little bit because I think I'm stalling to come up with some more material off the top of my head, which isn't really happening. So I'll just go ahead. <sighs> it's so hard. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. Were, were you saying something, Bill? I was. I was busy looking What's at my. Um, I was uh, busy. just going to sit here and see how yeah. long he could go with that. <laughs> oh God! You would think these fifty-five dollar headphones that I'm wearing yes. would not hurt physically. Mm-hmm. Hurt? Ow! I'm in a lot of pain right now. That's not good. Because these little things that go over your ears. Yes. Uh-huh. Ooh, that does sound. They might as well be like knives or something. It's like it's like little Iron Maidens for your ears. <laughs> well, Brett, Bill, you want to be reminded that you paid for those, so that's that's yeah. why they're giving me the I little pain thing. I'm really glad that uh, uh, the the lovely professor uh, got these uh, these not overhead, what behind ear, whatever uh-huh. headphones uh, many moons ago, and it occurs to me that these things are still in cherry condition. I've had them for like four, almost five years. Sandbag. Now. <laughs> very very happy about that. So yeah, the kids sandbag. Were, so the kids. Uh, 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 the kids will not necessarily sandbag, but the amount of dedication and the amount of actual expertise you have to have to gain uh, belts is a subjective thing. It's uh, it's measured, you know, by each uh, sensei or or master of the dojo or whatnot. And so it's not it's not hard to have you know kids who theoretically should be the same belt, but one of them is not as good as the other. And that can work in both directions. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, you, you worry about the uh, the kids who, uh, who, you know, they, you know, their belt is, shows them to be an orange, but they're really more like a green or a blue or a whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you got to watch out for that. I prefer paisley. They don't make paisley belts. Do you know why uh, you have uh, colors in belts? By the way, well, I, I imagine ranks. Karate. Well, I, yeah, but uh, uh, back in the day. Uh, and this may still be this way over in karate, the mystical Orient. Uh, but you get uh, you get a you, you start out with a white belt, okay, and you end up with a black belt. You know, if you are dedicated, all goes well. Uh, the colors were kind of uh, invented uh, because the idea was you never, uh, you know, these days 
when you go from a white belt to a yellow belt to an orange to a green to a blue to a plaid to a uh, to a hound's tooth, you know, to a brown to a black, uh, you're actually changing belts on when you get these different colored belts. Oriental. But, oh my, let's let's be nice. Uh, but uh, back in the old days, you start out with a white belt, and that was the belt you used forever and ever, and the belt became black. Because of continued use over a period like of time, it got dirty. Oh, really, exactly. That's not not exactly. unlike yes, uh, John McClane's uh, wife beater in the original Die Hard movie. Good one. Started out white, mm-hmm. whiter than white, wow. like pure as the driven snow. Yes. By the time he was done, it was like yeah. Is that a is that a gray sweatshirt t shirt yeah. whatever? He Dude, that's a, a, that's a, a, it was a little stinky. That's a great analogy. So I see so that's that there's it. white, yellow, orange, green, blue, brown, brown advanced. Where's Houndstooth? I know Houndstooth is in there. I don't see Houndstooth. I don't know why you're making that stuff up. It's so stupid. I see white. I don't know why they're denying. Yellow, orange, green, blue, purple. Purple with white stripe. Houndstooth. <laughs> brown belt, brown belt, brown belt. Yeah. Well, you do belt. get, you, you get, uh, you can get stripes uh, on your belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of intermediate steps between the actual belts themselves. It's kind of like, uh, and that's belt talk. It's kind of like taking a uh, pop quiz. There's another pop quiz. There's a, uh, there's a quarterly test. And, uh, oh, here's your midterm. You know, kind of like that. Trophy. Why? Yeah. And that sucker was big, and I'm happy with my trophy wife. Hey, we got. About 15 or 20 minutes left. Let's okay. talk about some comics. Okay. Um, let, let me start off. I just started reading. This isn't a comic book, but it's um, based. Or it, it, there's comic books involved. Cavalier and Clay. I've heard a lot about that. Just started reading it. Mm, probably about 100 pages into it. I'm struggling with it. What is it about? <laughs> What's Cavalier and Clay? Was that an old comic or something? Uh, okay. Let me, let me think this through. Um it's starting off with this backstory about this guy who's trying to escape. Uh, he's Jewish, and he's trying to escape from Germany. And at the same Struggling. time, a community is trying to get a a sacred golem statue out of Germany as well. I'm and so they're trying to combine these two two activities. That's as far as I got in the book. Precious. My... <laughs> What I'm struggling with, it, it, it's ju- it, the writing in it is fast. The, the the way the dialogue is written feels fast, but not in a good way. There, there's just a lot of expounding, a lot of, and like I said, I'm only about 100 pages into it. it it's not knocking my socks off. Is this prose? Yeah. Oh, so there's no pictures in it. No. Cavalier and Clay. Now, it, the book's been around for a while. It's not a new book. I know there's people who love this book. Ah, I'm going to finish it, but I'm struggling with it. So, Cavalier and Clay, uh, give me your thoughts on it. Let me let me know, guys. I, I'm going to stick with it, but it's not. I'm not Cavalier. getting that home run. It's always a drag to have to force your way through a book, too. Yeah. Because when you force your way through a comic is one thing. I mean, that's like 20 minutes max. Yeah. How about uh, what's going next? Well, the next thing in your pile is oh, a Chew. Chew Volume 1 trade paperback. Yeah, Brad, I know you read this. I read Reason. that when I went uh, to Canada last, and dang, is that a good is story. That a, it's just, it's not what you would, I mean... It's about a detective who can tell what's going on with someone if he touches or tastes their flesh. He has to taste their flesh Not even or blood. People like things. Yeah, like the only thing that doesn't affect him that way is beets. It's beets. So he eats a lot of beets. It is. It is really surprisingly <laughs> yeah. good. 
So yeah, and, the, and the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is the big, is the uh, it, it's a different world. It is are the are the the heavy hitters in this world. Wow. We see that. And you, I wonder if this is a I don't, real word. How did he find out that beets are the one thing that didn't give him sense memory? Because I, he, I would, he had to, he ate a lot of stuff, and beets were the only thing that didn't give him that. It it's would, at the it beginning. It's what he's called. It, a, it wouldn't occur to me in a million years to eat a beet. Period for any reason, much less. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but here it is. It says uh, that he is cibopathic. C i b o p a t h i c. Yes, that means he can take a bite of an orange and Wait get a, a feeling in his head about what tree it grew from, what pesticides were used on the crop, and when it was harvested. So, what does SIBO mean? I mean, I know that uh, the old. I'm going to look it up. Well, the old, the old band SIBO. I'm actually looking up right now. Well, He's the old SIBOPath. The old band SIBOMATO. Uh, that name, to the best of my knowledge, uh, was translated as love, uh, love for food. So it's okay. not in the Merriam-Webster online dictionary here. So uh, I he, just did a he, Google search, and my guess is SIBO uh, is uh, Japanese for food. Okay. So uh, go I wouldn't see be if surprised I'm right. if if it. Uh, and if it, I'm right, that's right. I want my money. I wouldn't be surprised if they made that word up. Actually. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure they did. But I mean, I'm I'm sure it's a it's a combination of something Latin and path. You know. Anyway, the the first volume is called volume. It's called Taster's Choice. Bill, um, have you looked it up yet? It? Yeah, it, it didn't come up. What? I think Sibopath, I think they made that word You need up, to go actually. to a, uh, go to a translation website. See if you can translate uh, oh, okay. uh, Sibo from, like, uh, Japanese to American or something. Japanese. Why Japanese? Uh, because the band Sibo Mato was Japanese. That's why. Good answer? I thought so. It's a really it's a really good book. It's, it's uh, different. It, I highly recommend it. You know, I heard lots of people going on and on about it, and yeah. I thought, oh, I'll try it. I don't have anything to read. It's really good. The art is a little difficult for me to to wrap my head around sometimes. It's it's okay. very exaggerated. I kind of like it. But, uh, yeah, it is this reminiscent. Uh, who is the? Uh, oh, it kind of it's kind of almost got that uh, that Freddie Williams uh, Junior. Uh, Freddie Williams the uh, second uh, feel to it. Really, I don't see it because Freddie's very. Well, have of... you have you read the uh, the uh, Justice League All- or Justice Society? JSA All Stars. No, well, I, I saw the preview pages. Okay, because what he did in the Flash was very—I don't know uh, what's a good word. Uh, his art wasn't muted in the Flash. I don't know if he was coming into his own with his his artistic characterizations and whatnot. We should get him on to talk to him again one of these days. He was he was a cool guest. Um, but his uh, his art in uh, the JSA All Stars uh, looks a lot different than what I was used to seeing out of him. And I personally, I love it. It's it's. Uh, it's kind of cartoony, and it's, it's like you said. There's a lot of exaggeration. It's not. Uh, it's it's in no way any kind of photorealistic. You know, blah blah. Uh, this kind of has the same thing where uh, you know hands and fingers and jaws and stuff like that are, are you know uh, uh, exaggerated uh, to an effect. Uh, you know, legs are you know you know the legs might be very thin. The uh, the torso may be giant. You know that kind of thing. You know, the eyes may be very small. I can't find any large. indication that that's a real word. Yeah. Wow. So, and, you know, part of writing, you get the you get to have yeah. fun like that. I can't find a prefix or anything like that. I did a translation on it and I even huh. looked up on a little Latin website and nothing came up. Bummer. Would you guys mind if I use the restroom? No, go ahead. I've go got to go. This will give Bill a chance to tell us. Bill, what are you reading? Uh, hang on just a second. Okay, I'll take this opportunity to tell hey, you guys Turn the TV down a little bit. That a half hour wasted is brought to you by <sighs> Frank and Brad. Okay, very good. Um, 
Thanks all. Um, I'm, you know, as most people know, I'm a, I'm a Marvel DC uh, floppy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've got a huge stack here uh, that I've been uh, trying to burn through uh, with, with now, now little just, success. Yeah, and, and just tell us, like, what have you read? Because you got a lot of titles there. Uh, what's in... Uh, Ow. What's in... Uh, hey, guess that. what? I'm going to ignore that. Well, no, do you have to get... Is still, it, still is it a family you. member? No, it's an unknown name, unknown number, oh, okay. so they can, uh, they can, they can, they can eat it. Eat it good. Yeah, so. Eat it real good. Say hi to the answering machine, you son of a gun. It could be anybody. Um, but, um, uh, it's probably bill collectors. Um, no, I've, uh, I've been branching out a little bit lately, and maybe I need to, uh, retrench and unbranch a little bit. Maybe I need to refocus more on the, mm-hmm. my core subjects. But uh, right now on the stack, uh, I'll just go through the list uh, real quick. I've got uh, uh, issue three of The Great Ten, uh, issue 12 of Rebels. Uh, this is from uh, a week ago, but uh, issue three of five of the Realm of Kings Imperial Guard, which is awesome, by the way. Um, the also have uh, issue three of five of the Realm of Kings and Humans, which is good, but not awesome like the Imperial Guard is. And, uh, yeah, issue six of the Doom Patrol, uh, Stark Disassembled, three of five, issue 22 of Iron Man. Uh, I did, uh, the one, uh, the one knockoff, uh, or the, the one extra, uh, uh, comic I bought from the Blackest Night, uh, is the Phantom Stranger. Oh, how was it? Have you read that one yet? I thought it was interesting. I mean, it was clearly a one shot. That was, that was uh, the one, that and Power Shazam were the only two titles I wanted to get. The only thing I didn't like was I was really hoping that they would give us some real background on the Phantom Stranger. Well, because the, I've known about him forever, but I couldn't really tell you what makes him tick, what his, what his powers are. I, I, I get the impression that it's very nebulous. Um, yeah, they don't want you to know. I mean, okay. he, he has – I have the um, – Yeah. I have oh what was that series that DC series called where they, where they talk about um, you know they they give heroes origins I can't forget what it is I used to collect secret them. origins maybe secret origins that's what it is and I have the Phantom Strangers and Phantom Stranger has three stories in there all of his origin really yeah and so they never tell you which one it is and do you have this yeah I can bring Dude, it bring it all right. yeah I want to see this um, heck maybe I'll <laughs> maybe if you bring it in I'll take it out of Fort Hood with me. Um, uh, but yeah, I got uh, the new uh, Dark Avengers, the first Siege crossover. Uh, uh, Doctor, by uh, here's one of my favorites. So, well, Uncanny X Men with uh, uh, Matt Fraction and uh, Greg Land is like love to me. It, the, Greg Land and Fraction have got me back into the X Men. I'm not reading any of the other X books, uh, but Uncanny X Men is now a uh, it, it's a must stop for me. I read uh, issue 500 through like 516. I think was the last one I read. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's Very good. Really, it's it's. Yeah, Matt Fraction, uh, that dude is uh, that dude's pretty good. I liked it a lot. Uh, one of my favorites right now, though, uh, I, you know, as, as people probably know, I'm, I'm a big, uh, a big fan of uh, Doctor Strange and all things uh, Strange. Really? Uh, so I am now picking up. Uh, you know, they've got the Strange miniseries going on right now, written by Mark Wade, and uh, it's turned a very anime style. It's very, it's it's the art is almost off putting. Uh, I'm getting through it, and it doesn't really feel like Mark Wade to me. I mean, you you don't there's there's nothing in this the strange miniseries that says this is clearly Mark Wade's work, but it's it's I think it's really well done, and I just I just like following him, you know. I'm I'm sad that he doesn't have a monthly, but you know, hey, whatever, I get that. Uh, what I am picking up right now is uh, 
kind of the uh, the Incredible Hulk to the Incredible Hulk, uh, the Doctor Voodoo Avenger of the Supernatural. Nice. And I am looking at uh, issue four right now. Uh, again, Doctor uh, uh, Brother Voodoo is one of those guys who I've been aware of, you know, forever and ever and ever, but have never spent much time, you know, dealing with. And uh, you know, the uh, the whole new Avengers run uh, that led up to. Uh, uh, Brother Voodoo becoming Doctor Voodoo, I thought was uh, was re- pretty compelling. Uh, of course, that was written by Bendis. Uh, this uh, Doctor Voodoo is uh, written by uh, Rick Remender, uh, oh, who okay. some of you may know uh, from the Last Days of American Crime. He uh, he is doing that for uh, Radical, Radical Comics. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, one of these days, uh, uh, I think we uh, uh, we may uh, talk to uh, some Radical Publishing uh, fellows uh, about uh, their line. But uh, that's another story for another time. Uh, for now, Rick, uh, Rick Remender is, uh, uh, I think it's, it's again, uh, don't want to overuse the word, but I think uh, Dr. Voodoo is pretty compelling. Uh, he's already battled Doom, and uh, now he's uh, dealing with uh, Nightmare. And, and again, you know, I just, I eat this stuff up. And it's weird because comic books with characters that are magic are kind of inherently unstable just because magic, you know, is a constant uh machine of god you know i mean it's 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 like uh it's like having uh okay let's just say okay you build the story up for years and uh you have a bunch of uh scrolls infiltrate uh you know american superhero culture and then everything kind of blows up in your face. The scrolls take over the world, and everything looks really bad. And finally, in like the last three pages of the last issue of the last book, let's just say, like I don't know, maybe Thor comes in and just saves the day, <laughs> just out of nowhere for no good, no particular reason. It might be like that. Um, so, uh, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, you know, magic is something that has to be handled very carefully. Uh, but I. I I always uh, dug uh, Dr. Fate uh, when I was a kid. I mean, I remember some of those old uh, uh, Justice uh, Society uh, reprints uh, from the old days when they had the original Red Tornado, which is actually like a lady wearing like a uh, um, a pot, uh, like a, a cooking pot on her head. Oh, that's the right. Yeah, that's Ma Hunkle. Ma Hunkle. <laughs> the original Red Tornado. I never did get that. <laughs> but I had those when I was like a little bitty. You know, like some of the first comics I ever had. I was probably five, six years old at the time. So, yeah, I don't I don't still have them, which is sad. But, uh, but yeah, you got you to handle a magic character very, very carefully. Um, or it's just, you know, it's like the Indian Jurassic Park 3. You know, okay, we got this movie going on. Oh, geez, uh, I think our I think we're about running ourselves out of our budget. Okay, now we'll have the army come in and uh, stop everything. <laughs> you know, so there's no real resolution. You just have the uh, the the Deuce Ex Machina come in and uh, save the day. So, can I comment on a few please, things in your stack, please. I read the first issue of Doctor St- uh, Voodoo. Yeah, and I I didn't care for it. Cool. Uh, the Invincible Iron Man Stark disassembled. Yes. storyline that Matt Fraction is writing right now is yeah. fantastic. You know, I read the it, first issue and it didn't capture my attention. I love. I read I love the. Uh, I got the trade from the local library of the first seven issues of the Invincible Iron Man mm-hmm. and thought it was really good, and uh, then didn't pick it back up until this uh, start disassembled storyline happened. So I well, do you know why? Wide gap. I've said, you know, because they. Uh, one thing I like about Marvel, uh, I do like the trend these days of using wasting the first page on recap. Because I don't know about you guys, but for me, no, if I, I like read it. if I read something once and put it away, and it's part you know it's in the middle of a pile of other things, chances are good that 
it's not going to it's not going to stick in my brain terribly well. I need to read something at least twice before it really starts sticking. So, so when I just read, you know, starting to assemble issue two of five and uh, don't even think about reading it again until I get the third issue, then chances are good. I don't know what the heck's been going on really, you know, so that recap really helps uh, me out. So I like it. Uh, so through the recaps, yeah, I've, I've got an idea that, you know, what they, what happened with, uh, with pepper and, you know, just, uh, uh, it's it's been a, a pretty amazing, uh, uh, pretty amazing run uh, conceptually. I yeah, think. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. Tony Stark, Norman Osborn wanted answers from Tony Stark. Yeah, because the only place left that had the information that Tony Stark wanted was in. I'm sorry, that Norman Osborn wanted was in Tony Stark's brain. Yes, so he put himself into a coma so Norman couldn't get it. It's yeah. It was. I think it's a really brilliant idea, uh, and I, I like I, that a lot. I I don't know why I struggled with that first issue because there because he kept having that reoccurring dream. Yeah, and I don't know. That just didn't. It just kind of didn't excite me. Well, yeah. just picking it up off the shelf, having not read the previous, you know, uh, uh, thirteen issues or whatever, uh, I was just lost, and so I was having to play catch up. Well, I had read the. I had read the whole run up to that point, so yeah. I, I understood the status quo and and uh, really, it worked for me. I bet that helps. <laughs> and then, I, I still haven't read. Uh, I think almost every single one of the comics on this stack I have not touched yet, and I've had them for four days now. Have so you read Dark Avengers? Crazy. No, I haven't. And okay. this is usually this this is usually one of the first I grab uh, because uh, you know Bendis is is great, but uh, just something about uh, Diodato's art that Dark just, Avengers that thirteen just thrills is supposed me. to answer what the secret of the century is. Really? Yeah, and that's the way it's been. Um, that's the way it's been marketed. Okay, I don't. Uh, I also know that one of the Dark Avengers is good. Ha- what was uh, it? Have you read it? Yes, and it, it revealed something about the century that we've not known. Excellent. And, uh, it didn't bother me. It actually kind of makes sense with the way he's been behaving. Okay. Lately, but it it doesn't answer the, the questions that I it doesn't reveal a secret that I thought it was going to reveal, uh, and yet it it has added a whole new dimension to his character, which really makes me like it even more. And yeah, cool. I love Diodato's well, art. And, I think it's awesome. And I know, except that, for the fact that yeah, Norman Osborn looks like Tommy Lee Jones. Well, the rest of it is awesome. It's got to be totally on purpose. Oh yeah, I mean, they think it's clear. They they must have asked, uh, you know, Tommy Lee, "Hey, do you mind?" Kind of like anybody, they do with Samuel. If anybody listening who is a Century fan like me and has read Dark Avengers number thirteen, I'd love to know what you think about it because I think it explains a lot, but okay. it still leaves a lot to be explained. Well, hopefully, and our, I'm fine with that. Hopefully, our good forum listeners will uh, maybe yeah. flesh out uh, uh, with some forum postings, and uh, maybe we could start figuring some stuff out that way. That that that's um, really what it's for, isn't it? That ad you just passed, Frank, the uh, teaser image, the two-page teaser image for Amazing Spider-Man, gives me a little hope for the future of Spider-Man. I'll say it out loud. Okay, gives me here's a little hope. here's something I want to know. Going back to the uh, the Uncanny X-Men and Greg Land, mm-hmm. uh, what happened with uh, Greg Land and uh, uh, was it Mark Ryan? It was Land and Ryan were a team for so many, you know, so many excellent comic books. And uh, somewhere along the line, Greg Land stopped working with Ryan and is now working with Jay Leaston, who's really good. The art, uh, the art looks a little bit different, uh, but I don't know if uh, it's the colorist or Leaston is maybe working with Land's direction a little more. Uh, Leaston is now looking a little bit more uh, 
like Greg Land's inks. Uh, you know, I just you know, but again, people know that I'm just a, I'm a sucker for that uh, Greg Land, uh, uh, Alex Ross photorealistic look. Well, this this definitely grew on me. Uh, uh, Greg Land's art, yeah. And I just, you know, I, I know that some people think Greg Land, uh, Greg Land's a limited in his layouts and, you know, the way he, you know, has people, you know, literally the expressions of the faces and stuff. But, uh, you know, I love it. Uh, you know, comic books are, are so dark these days. And, of course, you know, Kenny X-Men is not exactly a light, frothy read. Uh, but, uh, you know, I love the way he has his characters uh, smile a lot. And much like, uh, uh, much like, uh, uh uh, Colonel Coor from uh, Aaron to Mercy, episode 27, season one, Star Trek, the old series. Um, he does not trust people to smile too much, but I like it. So it works for me. I, I just I, I just started thumbing through this, and Norman Osborn orders uh, some burgers from Five Guys. Have you guys eaten from at Five Guys Burgers? I know. There's one that opened up here in the Dallas. Really? North area. It's really, they're really yeah, good really? burgers. It's a good place. It's a good burger? Yeah. God, I can go for a good burger It's right a, It's a hearty burger. If you're familiar with In-N-Out Burgers, oh, okay, very much like that. Cool. Okay, wow. We uh, 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 we're down uh, in Austin, uh, of course. You know, uh, we're talking about uh, Zoe's uh, uh, big trophy, and uh, we ran down to Sixth Street. First time I'd ever been on Sixth Street, and uh, we went and ate at a place called uh, Zitejas, which, according to some list posted at their bar, it was like the second best uh, restaurant in Austin. Uh, but we passed also on Sixth Street. We passed a place called Hutt's Hamburgers or Hutt's Burgers. And uh, like Jabba, the wow, hut, that kind of that hut, and uh, I thought to myself, oh man, a good burger sounds real good right now. And uh, I was looking at that list uh, while I was uh, sipping on my fat tire, waiting for the ladies to get out of the restroom so we could go take our seat. And uh, this hut's uh, hamburgers or burgers or whatever it was was like top ten in Austin. It's like, dang it, I wish we'd gone there. Hmm. But I've been I'm. I'm going to turn into a hamburger. I've been eating so many of them lately. Speaking and of so hamburgers. I decided I'm going to order some frou-frou off the menu, and I was a little disappointed. I wish I'd gone to the burger. I, I went to, um, was it Whole Foods? Yeah. The, I went there last night for the very first time in my life ever. Seriously? And I ordered a... You ever uh, been to a Market Street or a Central Market or anything like that? No. Okay, wow. And I ordered a, um, I think they call it a Philly burger. Yeah, okay. It's mm-hmm. like a Philly cheesesteak, but yeah, it's oh a hamburger. Holy crap! Was that good, dude? If um, you like uh, spar- if you like good Sparo, get oh their get their gosh. pizza slice. You get like two pizza slices and a Coke for like five bucks. In fact, I'm thinking about going back right now for lunch because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm hungry. You, I think you know we what? May, we may be caravanning over there because I'm hungry too. Let's do it. Okay. Um, you, you know what's funny about um, about Whole Foods? They do have great food. You're right. Yeah. Uh, one time uh, they had fried chicken there, and I thought, oh, how funny! You know, uh-huh. Whole Foods. You know, I got it. It was terrible. Was it? Yeah, it just wasn't. That's the only thing I've ever eaten there that wasn't good. Wow, I felt like that's a, interesting. I felt like, an but their intruder. burgers are very good. I felt like I was uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> Why last night? Because it's not my bag, baby. That Whole Foods <laughs> place, and everybody was like hipsters and hey, man, oh, yeah, good to see you. Man, we've got everything here. You should want. Oh gosh, he said. He he said, "Have you been back to the back by the barbecue?" And I, oh, dude, while yeah. my burger was cooking, I wandered back there. Oh and, yeah. Oh, you know what? That may be what I'm getting for lunch today. The barbecue. Let me tell you what. Awesome. That barbecue. That barbecue is not cheap. It is, is it good. Worth it? Is it's it worth good. it? Yeah, it's it's steak great. Now, uh, uh, do you remember back in the old the old uh, uh, back in the old days, uh, like late back 90s, in the hot too. Yeah. Well, there used to be a. Uh, uh, it was it was shortly after we moved into the new building uh, back in '98, and uh, me driving to the colony, I drive by uh, the Hebron High School, which is kind of you go through some what used to be country roads, is now just another you know residential area, 
but uh, back in the day, about 10 years ago, you'd drive, uh, I'd drive home, and uh, like every other Saturday, they'd have a, a barbecue smoker set up just on some random corner, and they would have the sign up um, all the time, and the sign would either say yes or no, and that would tell you whether they're going to be there the next Saturday morning. Oh, cool. So you'd go and get like a pound of chopped beef for like four fifty, and mm. you know they'd throw in you know like a half bag of uh, you know rainbow bread, <laughs> and man, it was so awesome. And and, and the Whole Foods uh, barbecue is in the same vein. It's just it is totally great. But instead of paying like four fifty, you're going to pay like twenty bucks or something. It's crazy. But then back in the day, you know, you go to Whole Foods and you know, you could get, you know, a ribeye at, uh, you know, a regular grocery store, seven ninety nine a pound. This would be like eight ninety nine a pound. So yeah. it was just a little bit more, which was a price you're more than willing to pay. Uh, nowadays, uh, if you don't get it on sale, you know, you might get a ribeye at a grocery store for eight, nine, ten bucks a pound or whatever. It might be fifteen, eighteen bucks a pound at Whole Foods. And they've just, they've, they've gotten to the point where I don't know if it's some kind of corporate, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say corporate greed. Uh, that's actually not what I was thinking. But yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's just you know they're trying to establish an equilibrium between the price people are willing to pay versus the price things are worth. But yeah, well, the I mean, prices have gone up a lot in the last five, ten years. Yeah, but you go there; it's always crowded. Yeah, it's not an issue. Yeah. Hey, we uh, we need to wrap up, but we do have a request. Oh, excellent! Chuck Zarillo requested. Oh, but you know Chuck, he's the we're one. For you. We were we were chatting one day on Facebook. He he's the one that uh, that told us about to get uh, to say um, thank you, Lip Biscuit, at the end. It's because of him we say that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Sweet. Well, uh, Chuck, this is for you. Chuck, you rock. Since the dawn of time in 1965, the Homo sapien has had the novel Dune to learn from, to reflect on and to improve the human experience with. It is with great pleasure I welcome you, the listener, to don your smoking jacket and grab your seat in the leather wingback chair next to the fireplace. And now to transport your psyche into realms of unrealized pleasures. A reading from the Book of Dune. There is a legend that the instant the Duke Leto Atreides died, a meteor streaked across the skies above his ancestral palace on Caladan. As Oscar Wilde once said, the only thing better than reading Dune is having someone read it to you. I think truer words were never spoken. <laughs> that line always makes me laugh. <laughs> Um, I think truer words were never spoken. I think I, I'm really serious. I think uh, uh, when we uh, get together next time, I want to uh, uh, reconcept and restart uh, the readings of the Book of Dune. What, what? I want to do? No, 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 no. This is not a big deal. This is, okay. I don't think it's going to make anybody crazy. All I'm talking about is I want to start at sentence one and work my way through the book. I guess I've already read the first two chapters, so maybe we start at chapter three okay. and work forward from there. So we'll have the first book uh, read probably in about 37 years. Okay. okay. So stay tuned, everybody. Right. Well, we got to do it for we'll episode be 300. Because episode 300 is our last episode. We've talked about Ooh, this. Right. I forgot about that. And it just came to me, and I, I've been wanting to ask for help uh, from listeners on the show. Yes. We're going to, on our website, we're going to make a new page with. We need money, man. <laughs> Lots of money. <laughs> we're going to start a new page with sound bites from the show. Mm hmm. 
either requested drops that Yay. we might play or bits you want to hear again, like funny bits, hopefully. Sage peeing in the pool, or yeah. or 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 Frank's bread shop, yes. or whatever. If there's something from the past, a past show that that you would just like to be able to call up at a moment's notice instead of having to yes sift through your iPod or or whatever, um, or if something you remember uh, that you, but you don't know what episode it was. Send us suggestions. We'd like suggestions. Yeah. Send them to uh, halfhourwasted at gmail.com. In the subject uh, line of the email, put um, web page sounds or something like that so I'll know that w- when we build this page, about, you know, uh, I've got ideas. Bill, Bill and Frank have ideas of what we want to put up there. But if the listeners, if there's something special that you'd like to be able to – dude, you, instead of – you got to hear this from this one show that I listened to. Come here look at this. Click. There it is. Boom. Boom. It's done. So You can make ringtones out of them too. Yeah, you can. So. And what I suggest is making ringtones out of the out of the actual three-minute bits. <laughs> so every yeah. time your phone rings, you got like a three-minute bit happening. And then you never actually have to talk to the person because you had to listen to the bit. Um, so send us your, your ideas, your requests. Um, let us know what you would like to see on that page. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing this. I think it would be fun. Nice. You know, I, every once in a while I'll get an email. Hey, Brad, can you send me this sound bite? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'll be happy to, I'll be happy to do that. But if I can build a page, you know, to make it easier for people to have fun with our show, then yes. I think that's awesome. You know, being, being a, a, um, a nervous Nelly, I guess we don't want to do any copyrighted material that maybe we pulled from somewhere else. Just, just oh, just hey, there's a first right. request. Awesome. <laughs> but stuff that we produced. Yeah, if you have, like, bits from the show or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't think we should really be sending out, like, I mean, maybe we can direct them to a YouTube link or something for, like, you know, something okay. funny. But, you know, just, just what? so we don't get. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's a good idea. That's a good idea. I don't want to get in any trouble either. Yeah. Um, but um, if there's anything you'd like to hear up there, let us know, and uh, we'll start working on that. I'd like to. I'd like to do that pretty soon. Nice. Okay. Well, how about we wrap her up? Drop page right. follies. All right. Hit the music. Thank you for listening to a half hour wasted. Be sure to check out the Legion of Dudes podcast. It comes out every Thursday on the same feed. Visit our website halfhourwaste.com to check out our blogs, forum, photos, and more. Send your questions, comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. Also, if you have suggestions for drops, send it to that same address. Leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. You can also drop us an individual email at brad, frank, or bill at halfhourwasted.com. Visit our sponsor, dcbservice.com. And remember, until next week, I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'd just like to take this opportunity to say I'm going to miss you guys until we get together again. And we'll see you next week on a half hour wasted. Bad robot.